And we're back. What else have we been playing? What else have we been playing? Well, in the last week since the last uh, recording, uh, <laughs> it's the theater of the mind, Scott. They won't know that we're still just sitting right here where we just argued about Seventh Continent. Um, so I, can I talk about some stinkers? For sure. Sure. Out of the gate. can we? I'm just going to go negative out of the gate. Uh, you remember when we played Fable of the Fruit? And we thought maybe this game is okay, or maybe this game is terrible. Right. It's a yeah, game. So yeah. I played. Uh, it's a game. <laughs> Spiel, Spielcast says it's a game. Uh, I played another one of the Friedman Freeze fast forward games, Fear. I've played it. It's not never great. played it. It's a stupid piece of poop. Okay. It's That's so a strong it's, statement coming from Cody. It's, I, it's not great. I really rarely do I feel like a board game wastes my time. But this game is just wasting your time. I don't. I. It's like, it's like a yeah. It, it's like the average Kickstarter game. It's like what a normal Kickstarter. It's game like is. if I sat down to read, um, just like some some mildly mentally stimulating, entertaining reading. So like I I like uh, fantasy fiction, right? So let's say I, I that is my intention to sit down, and instead I read somebody's stupid doctoral dissertation about fantasy fiction. That's what this is. <laughs> instead of getting a board game, you get somebody's experimental, like, I think a board game might be able to do this. And at no point during that process were they like, hey, do you think the user will be having any fun right now? Yeah, he's been doing that a lot with a lot of his games. Yeah, like he did the, what's the one with all the modules? He did 504. 504. He did copycat. He did, I mean, he's. Speaking of 504, remember that podcast graveyard I talked about? Uh-huh. There was a podcast that lasted two episodes, and their goal was to play through all 504 <laughs> games in 504. So they made it like half a percent yeah so they got so there's they only have 502 left <laughs> and they quit hey we only have like 450 we should, left we should pick that one up when we get enough um when we get enough board game geek users following us i think we should like do a weekly storm another podcast like we'll go through the graveyard and like <laughs> and like make them like super active <laughs> like just like everybody over to this podcast a zombie podcast yeah and then we'll like do an imitation podcast of that podcast <laughs> and and release it and we yeah. could do the dice tower and they wouldn't even notice yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> yes they wouldn't we got 200 users today why are we so far down all right, right. Cody. Anything so else fear, you want to highlight? Fear, fear was dumb. Uh, oh yes. Yeah. So I'll bounce back on that. Well, by this game shouldn't be fun, and the people watching us play this game were certain we weren't having any fun, and I had a blast losing. Panamax. Panamax. Panamax is first of all a super heavy, uh, really boring uh, game about um, logistics. It takes it's basically place. container in it, terms of theme. It, it is container in terms of theme, and the boxes could you literally could just take the name of the game and swap boxes, and nobody would notice. <laughs> uh, so in Panamax, uh, you are moving shipping vessels through the Panama Canal, and here's the kicker: in both directions. <gasps> uh, <laughs> but wait, there's more. <laughs> so yeah, you you run a shipping company. And everybody in the game runs a shipping company. And there are also neutral ships representing different countries. And it, it, there's a stock market for each in individual person's company. So what you said, you enjoyed this game. I did. It was, there aren't that many oh, turns. It really does look like container. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> there aren't that many turns in the game. So theoretically, it shouldn't take as long as it took us. But it took us a while. But I still had fun the whole time. Um, but yeah, there's just, like describing the gameplay there's no point in me trying to describe the gameplay. There's a lot of dice, but you aren't rolling the dice. You're just using the pips of the dice to decide what actions to take, and they represent how how many points the containers are worth. Like the dice are the containers that you put on ships. And th there's just a ton of moving parts and figuring out how to how to like ch affect the stocks and also how to move ships correctly. And uh, and yeah, it, it's super punishing. It it was really a the the heaviest, driest game that I have managed to just like enjoy. Drier than container? Is it possible? It's equally to, dry to container. Like, is there any op, is there any uh, uh, options for a metagame? Like, can people? 
Oh, for sure. Yes. Okay. Yes, absolutely. There's metagaming. And because you like when you get your ships into a lock, then if anybody else moves into a lock, all the ships in those locks just move forward. So you get free movement. Mm. So and you can lump ships together so you can take your your mildly important ship and just lump yeah. it together. with It's been on my list. So I'm literally time. yawning as you're describing this yeah. game. Anyway, I would hate this. It, um, it, yeah, I sh- I, it was so boring and fun. Like it, it's an absolute enigma. Everyone's but like, that table's not having fun at all. I am on the BGG page for Panamax right now because I wanted to find a way to make fun of it, and I did. Um, the first, the top review is entitled Scarlett Johansson's Quick Start Guide to Panamax, and all I'm thinking is Scarlett Johansson played Panamax, and so I clicked on it, and it's not the case. Scarlett Johansson did not play Panamax, but some guy photoshopped Black Widow onto the front of the Panamax <laughs> box. Um, so that's Scarlett Johansson's Quick Guide to Panamax. There we go. You're there. So, yeah, Panamax is – I had a ton of fun uh, playing Panamax. Do you uh, have any others to talk about before I go? I played Century Gollum Edition. I played Century Eastern Wonders. Uh, what did you think of Gollum Edition? It was uh, Century Spice Road it's Gollum the, Edition. So it's the same game, but instead of spices, um, it's giant golems and gems. It's weird. Is it the same? Is it the same it's game? It's the same game. Okay, because yeah. Century Eastern Wonders is it's not. A it's a different yeah. game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What do you think of Gollum? I mean, it's the uh, same I liked game. the addition. Um, I, I, but I, so when we played Century Spice Road, I thought, oh man, I hate this game. Uh, and <laughs> but as time went on, I continued to want to play it. Like there was something about it that that made me want to come back to it, despite the fact that I had a miserable time playing it with you two. Um, and so well, I taught it to Candace while we were visiting uh, ponds and pints in Kansas City. Right, and. We were there, and I taught it to Candace, and I had the same enjoyment uh, that you guys were having when I last played it, and she looked like I felt when I first played it, and that game suffers really intensely from new players are not going to enjoy this game. Yeah, like, I would agree with that. Uh, so she left that game being mad at the game, but also wanting to play it again, and I enjoyed I enjoyed it because... Um, I knew what I was getting into walking in. So I, it, I, Century Spice Road, I think, is a good game. It is definitely a game. I'm pretty sure it's a good game. Wonderful. All right, Jeff, get at it. Well, so I am I went to Gen Con between our last recording. So like, oh, wow. I've got a ton of games. Mm. Uh, I'll, I'll breeze through most of them, but I'll stop and talk about a couple of them. Um, so the first one I want to talk about is a game that doesn't need to exist. It's called Patchwork Express. Um, it, I okay. I can play devil's the advocate. The literal here. pitch for Patchwork Express at Gen Con was it plays five minutes faster than Patchwork. That's what the person selling me the game told me. I played Patchwork Express. Patchwork Express is an amazing game, and mm-hmm. here's why it's an amazing game: because it's Patchwork, and Patchwork is an amazing game. So the only difference between Patchwork Express and Patchwork is the board's a little smaller, the track's a little shorter. So if you own uh, Patchwork... There's one more difference. There's one little rule change that doesn't actually matter. <laughs> um, if you own Patchwork, you don't need to buy Patchwork Express. If you don't mm. own Patchwork, buy whichever one you like better. I believe the components, because the grid is smaller... The components are bigger. The compo- And that's uh, what Caleb was arguing is the value... That he sees for sure, and I absolutely see the value if you have people who have bad eyesight or who just need bigger artwork, bigger components, Mm -hmm. and that's why I say if you don't own either, buy the one that just looks better to you, like literally aesthetically better. Um, But other than that, it's a great game because Patchwork's a great game. Mm -hmm. But I don't know that it needs to exist beyond that. So that's Patchwork Express. I played Nyctophobia, which was a game designed by a woman who plays board games with her blind uncle and wanted to play a board game that you could play blind. And so there are blindfolds in the game, and everyone but one person in the game plays the entire game blindfolded, which is a weird experience to be blind for 45 minutes. And we played it... At a convention. We played it in a convention hall, which means you're basically also deaf for 45 minutes because you can't hear the people (laughs) around you. Um, But that's a game where one person's an axe murderer, and you're in a forest. The rest of you are running from the axe murderer, and you're using your hands to feel the map because you're trying to get to your car. So on your turn, the axe murderer who can see puts your finger on your piece and you have to feel around your piece to figure out where you want to go. It's very cool. It's a very cool huh. experience. I finally played Detective a Modern Crime Board Game. It's, it's exactly what I thought it would be. It's very fun. Uh, if you go down the right branch. 
Drop It is a new... What, wait, what happens if you go down the wrong branch? Then it's not as good of a story. Oh. Drop It is a new abstract that game more that I really like. It takes 20 minutes. It's a great game for new players. Drop It, is that the one where you wear a headband with a crane on it? No, that is Lift It. <laughs> oh. uh, drop It is a game where you drop shapes into a Connect Four style board. Um, and you get points based on where you land, and there's penalties if you land in the wrong places. It's it's a fun little abstract game. Sounds like Plinko. Yeah. Um, I played Gizmos, which is a Splendor Beater, in my opinion. I, we'll talk about it more. We'll eventually all play it. Why do people keep wanting Splendor to be obsolete? It's an uh. engine-building version of Splendor. And then the last one, this is the one that I'll talk about um, the most, Spy Club. Uh, Spy Club is a resettable legacy game, so I guess it's kind of a campaign game. The story is you are a group of children trying to solve crimes in your neighborhood. Uh, and you play it, there is, you play five games of it as a campaign, and there's these two just massive decks that are going to change it each time. So what you're doing is you have, a, you have cards in front of you, and you're sort of set collecting, and then you're trying to confirm those cards into sort of a central row for your entire team. Once you've confirmed five cards of the same type, so you've got like cards that are motive cards, you've got cards that are suspect cards, you've got cards that are location cards. Once you've confirmed five cards of the same type, you have solved that aspect of the crime, and you take one of them and put it at the top, and the rest of them get discarded. Once you've solved all five aspects, you win the game. Mm. Uh, but the suspect's trying to escape and trying to beat, you know, all that. Uh, it's a pretty light game for your first game, but if you play the campaign version, you're trying to solve one master crime, which is the five games, and uh, each each time that you solve an aspect of the crime, you pull a card out of this massive deck and it tells you how to change the game. So now instead of doing cards in a center row, you've got cards in a grid and you're trying to make them intersect with each other and move around. We had one where it was a treasure map and we had to find the treasure while we were playing the game. It made the game much harder. We had one where um, we had to find a sixth aspect. We discovered five parts of this game and there are, so we had one branch the number of possibilities that could exist are in the millions. I mean, it's hmm. it's absolutely astronomical, the number of things that could happen in this game, uh, which makes you want to play it again, obviously. So I had a really good time with it, but I would caveat that your first time you play the very first game, you might be like, this is a little too light. This is not, there's not much strategy here, and you're not wrong, but play it as that campaign and in your second game start pulling cards out and you'll see the way that this entire concept can change it's really great and what was the name of that game it's called spy club spy club i'm pretty sure the number one rule of spy club was that you weren't supposed to talk about it but <laughs> you're talking about fight club you can't talk about fight club that's where you fight each other you can't you're not allowed to talk about that if you ever talk about that you're in deep I deep trouble i think it's spy club i think you're wrong there uh scott what have you been playing all two-player games is what I want to talk about. Which is the topic of the show. So we're going to like topic more. Topic of the show. I'm not sure these we're just, fit on anyone. We're just going to. Okay. Show. So this, is, this isn't topic of the show. This is the. Uh, not topic of the what's show. What's the cold soup? Topic what's cold soup that you have before a meal? What's Gruel. that called? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's called, it starts with a G. <laughs> Gelato. Gel- no. <laughs> it's gourmet. It's like a French word. Anyway. Uh, it's that it's cold the soup that you have before meal is gazpacho. Yeah, so this is like gazpacho. the two-player game gazpacho uh, before um, the actual topic of the show. So uh, I'll track. first highlight a little game by a designer named Uwe Rosenberg. Oh yeah, I watched you two play this just no, now. No, you didn't. Uh, never the mind. The one I'm thinking of is what? Fields of Arl, and I could not think of the name. Fields of Arl. So I finally got my play of Fields of Arl, which I wanted to get done before we did two-player again. Because it's the Uwe Rosenberg two-hour, two-player game. Not to be confused with Patchwork or <laughs> All Creatures Big and Small. So it's Fields of Arl is only two players? It's only two. Well, it's one or two players. It's oh, okay. 60 minutes per person. And it f- even at two players, my biggest complaint is it feels like a solitaire game. Um, it has a really cool mechanic. It's, it's like every other Uwe game you've ever played. You get resources. You use the resources to turn into better resources. You build buildings, blah, blah, blah. You score victory points. Um, it has nine rounds. Four of those rounds are you take spring actions. There's 15 of them. And then five of those rounds or four of them you take uh, winter actions, and there's 15 of those. You have four actions per. The cool thing about it is um, each round, one person can take an action on the other side, on the opposite side. If they do that, 
then they will not be the starting player next time. So they're guaranteeing mm. they won't be the starting player next round. Um, so it has this kind of cool dynamic of do you wait to do that? Do you do that? Do you want to be starting player? Um, I was expecting not to like it because why would I want to play an Uwe Rosenberg two-player game that's two hours when I can play Newsfjord or Patchwork or All Creatures Big and Small? But I kind of wanted to play again. Hmm. But again, it doesn't need to be two players because there's not like, that much player interaction. It's one of those caverna like you can just do whatever you want like there's just there was never several times peter took the action that i was going to take directly before me and i didn't even have to think about what i would do next because there was just so much extra stuff you could do does this suffer from the uve problem that we've been talking about what's the uve problem we've been what talking a great about? question uh, i think i've discovered my main issue with uve it, games it does but it's okay in two two hour game jeff that's fair I've discovered my problem with Uve games and why I'm resistant to learning them is because he does sort of the opposite of what a lot of designers do where the information about the game is sort of revealed to you as you go and you sort of learn to play as you play it. He throws so much at you at the be in the beginning of games and it's just so much information to process. I think of Agricola, mm. for example. You've got not only all the actions, you've got not only all the rules, but then he hands you, tw I think it's 20 cards that you have to read yourself, and there's all these buildings and uh, different things you can build. Um, it's a lot of information for a new player to process. And even for somebody who's a game, like I consider myself a board gamer, right? Like I play a lot of board games, and it's a lot of information even for me to process. Mm. No, that's, that's, that's a good point about Uwe, and we've talked about it in lots of games specifically most of his games have buildings and that's where the variability comes in and it's like and you do a random number of buildings and i love that variability i think it's amazing the the things he's been able to create with those buildings but there's got to be a better way to introduce them to you new just players don't introduce them all at the start of the game which is um so another game that we played was all, <laughs> all creatures big and small Yes, we just Cody played Cody watched us play a little bit of that. Jeff, I think it was your first play. My first the play. Big Box. Yes, we and played The Big Box because it just came into Spielman, and we now have that in the library. And I hate Agricola, so this is I basically conceded to Scott that I would play this. Like I, I mm. knew, I was like, okay, I'll do it. I don't want to. It's, it's sort of eat your vegetables It's really moment. short, yeah. too, though. Like it's not. It was pretty short, yeah. It's not nearly as bad as Agricola. What, what did you think, Jeff? I thought it was a good game. It was a well-designed game. It suffered from that same problem I just described, but terribly produced. Um, You're being a little... Well... You could not tell the difference between some of the components. Yes, you can't tell the difference between cows and horses because they're the same color, wood, meeples. And basically the same shape. Yes. I mean, can you really tell the difference between cows and horses in real yes. life? Yes, you can. Pretty similar animals, big yeah. giant mammals. Maybe it's just being uh, thematic. Yeah. Um, there is some print. Yeah, it's it's a good game. I actually think it's a pretty decent step for people in between Patchwork and Agricola, but you know, just, I would agree with that. Just, it's it's Agricola. That's a big step from Patchwork. It's, it's Agricola without the really hard stuff in Agricola. I would like agree with it's that. the fun uh, right. animal part. So Jeff, that's the fun. Yeah. And Patchwork, or excuse me, in Agricola, all creatures big and small. There's four base buildings that you always play with. Um. And then it says for experienced players, add four random ones. And for really experienced players, add eight random ones. And that was my mistake. I shouldn't have added eight. Well, I don't think it was a mistake because I, I mean, I was able for the, this was about the brink of my ability to right. process that much information that quickly. Um, because not only were we trying to play a game and record a podcast, but like Cody walked in right as we were starting. Right. And so then we were like, well, Ugh. crap, do we even play at this point? Or does Cody going to just we'll sit here and watch us play? A yeah. game. It so, is. It is interesting to me that some people complain about that new way games, but then they like terraforming Mars, which is like here read these cards and figure out how they interact together and completely different. Because in terraforming Mars, you get only a small number of cards at a time. Ten. You get ten to start the game out with. Uh, That's a lot. And, and, and you have. But each one only does like one thing. You don't. Mm. Have, it, they all have the same cost. You don't have to read the cost. Those cards are pretty intimidating. I disagree a hundred percent. I don't think it's the same at all. So the question is, uh, is Agricola, All Creatures Big and Small, the big box, uh, the greatest game ever made? No. Oh, okay. No. Just checking. We were comparing it to... But if you wanted, if you wanted the, the expansions, which were really hard to get, like they were immediately out of print when they first printed them, they are in that. You don't need them because... Yeah, there were a lot of fun buildings. There's like an extra 40 buildings. Like you don't, you don't need the vast majority of them. Um, the other game we this, played... This one actually might be a buy for me. Like I need, this, is a, this fills a niche that I've been kind of looking for. I have a friend who's really into these type of games. Yeah. So even though it's not my favorite, I think this one might be a buy. Um, yeah, it's a good game. The other one we played was Star Wars Rebellion. Jeff and I played... Mm -hmm. Ooh. 
You want to ask Jeff how it went? Now for something completely different. Jeff, how'd it go? Oh, I lost. And it was, I mean, I had some of the worst luck you I've were ever the had in a board game. I was the Rebels. Had some of the worst luck I've ever See had what in a I did board there? game. I've never heard anybody say, I won. I was the Rebels. I have won as the Rebels before. Oh, so have I, but. Oh. I don't know if I've won against as the Rebels. Not in Scott. a while, though. Well, I think the first couple times we traded, like, yeah, we both won as each side. But since that, it's been the Empire. Um, I had some of the worst luck, bad rolls, bad card pulls that I've ever had in this game. Uh, but it, it did confirm for me the fact that the Empire And I didn't take it easy. I just smashed him when he had bad luck. I was like, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> yeah, you, see, usually I'm able to overcome bad luck because most of the time I play this game, it's with a new player and I'm teaching them. So like, I know that they're going to do something stupid to sort of balance out the bad luck mm-hmm. that I have. Because um, you taught them wrong? No, it's just oh. because they're they don't understand like all the micro strategy about how to move their pieces around, or they don't do as much on their turn as they could. So um, I listened to episode one of Spielcast, which was two player games, uh, and interestingly, from that episode, Cody said he'd like to play Agricola and he'd like someone to teach him. And I have, yes. and I did enjoy that. You're welcome. Jeff said he wanted to play Twilight Struggle. I still have not. I actually had a plan to play <laughs> Twilight Struggle. Um, Maybe that should be a buy for you. You put that. It seems to be. <laughs> yeah. And the person I was planning on playing with, I just it fell through. And, and we haven't. And Jeff, I did check the tape. Cody admitted to gushing about uh, Pathfinder Adventure Card Game, but you were also talking about how great it was. Yeah. Oh yeah, you were totally. You on were board. both like, "Oh, this game's so great!" No, no, no. It is so great. <laughs> I said it was great. Yeah. I was a half price. That book was today. Cody's number one game. I don't think it's bad. I was a half price books today, and they've got like three different base sets for really cheap right now. Oh, yeah. Sorry. I thought you would sour. I'm like the little. worst. I'm the worst brick and mortar owner ever. I just advertised another brick and mortar store. Uh, <laughs> uh, objective. That's what we are. They did have a. Uh, um, I almost bought a board game that I didn't need. They had the um, p- original Portal edition of Mysterium in check. Oh yeah, I have a copy. Yeah, of that. that's way better than the American version. That, that there's that. one the copy same. of it. No, at, it's not. At, uh, at uh, half price. Extra books crap. Right they add the the English version. Yeah, there's extra. You just advertise half price books. So you didn't talk about the bad thing, which is the puppy mill in the back. Oh yeah, there's the puppy mill. <laughs> Don't. What? There's not. Oh, <laughs> I was trying to th- I was trying to help oh, you out, brick and yeah. mortar owner. Sorry. Yeah. Some people like purebred puppies. Uh, <laughs> not me, but some people do. All right. Back on the rails. I'll be Scott for a moment and put us back on the rails. Yes. I still like Pathfinder. I think it's fun. Okay. I think it, I, well, I thought it was fun until I downloaded the Pathfinder Venture card game on Steam and on my iPad, and I would never play the hard copy game again. Oh, the bookkeeping is pretty rough. Yeah. Have you played it online? Nope. Oh, it fixes every problem I had with the game. It's great. So <laughs> the topic of the show is two-player games – Redux. We're going back. We're going back. Gotta go back in time. Going back from outer space. Oh, no. Back just uh, in time. I'm looking at my list, and a lot of the games that are on this list weren't even out when we originally did. Yeah, I, I was tempted to only pick games that came out. but so, See, I disagree. I actually, a lot of mine are original. I don't have actually my list actually written out, but I have it in do, my brain. How about we do... Each of us recommends five games. These don't have to be like our top. They don't have to be necessarily be in order, but... Just okay. And I like that I, idea. I have a question: Are we limiting ourselves to games that only play two players, or games that we think have no. a substantial reason Funny to be played you at two players? Ask because in the original Spielcast one, you were kind of like Scott. You can't pick games that have more than two players, and I was like, I am. Oh, I disagree with that. Now I think that's a stupid okay. thing that I said. All right, I'm sorry. Well, I'm glad I'm we sorry. can all agree on something. Who wants to say a game first? Uh, I will start with uh, one that is surprising that I would say. Uh, out of my... F- oh, I can only choose five. <gasps> okay. We'll, we'll hit some of the same ones. Don't uh, worry. I'm going to say Netrunner. Oof. I'm sorry that you find <laughs> that enjoyable. <laughs> All right. Do you care? I don't even think that I find Netrunner enjoyable, uh, but <laughs> it's a really good two-player card game. Like, it's asymmetrical. There's a ton of deck building. It's in a, it's in a limited universe, so you can get into it without having to go bonkers you can buy a limited set of cards yeah and then play it with somebody and then if you well you, if you both enjoy somebody, it but a bunch of people because there's groups of netrunners yeah yeah specifically they, they play they, on wednesdays feel round. it's it's a modern day bowling league oh i like it so a very like quite complicated 
and and I know Netrunner players. That's how you know I'm not a, a Netrunner player because I called it complicated. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and I don't think people who enjoy Netrunner like that stigma. Um, but it is. There's lots of tokens and there's lots of effects. And I'm sure right. compared to Magic the Gathering, it's not complicated. But Magic's nothing, not complicated. You just have to have lots of money. You just have to know all of the keywords. There's like a thousand keywords for magic the gathering like that's the argument for that game is like well no i do is learn the keywords it's like yeah there's so many keywords almost another language yeah so um that i'll put that in one of my five is netrunner which i don't even particularly like to play but it's a really good two-player card game particularly if you like rules (laughs) okay uh scott you want to go next sure i'm gonna go with newsfjord I was considering putting that one. I I didn't have to say. <laughs> so it. you guys don't have to say it. Uh, yeah. I it, it works so much better at two players. I think. I don't necessarily agree. I'll just say it's great at two players. Yeah, I think that the copy of an action space is a good way for them to integrate but three and four players. That's and only five in players. the four players. Right. Only in four and five. So in three players, uh, it adds several ac- several more additional of the same actions. And I think I slightly prefer it at three players. And I think it's it's good at four. It's great at two. It's probably the best at three. I I think it's two, uh, the best at two. But so that's, there you go. I, that's, I mean, yeah. that's I yeah. agree. It's great at two and three. Yeah, yeah. I I appreciate a game that there's enough wildness from the other players that I can't know everything between yes. my turns and. Two player news fjord does that. You can't quite tell what they're gonna, the other player is going to do. Like, and it's forgiving enough that if they take the thing you really wanted, you find a new thing. You'll find something else. Yeah. And I think I think this is going to replace Agricola on my list for now, just because. Oh, for, on my two player list, just because I'm at a time in my life where being able to play a thirty or thirty five minute game is is a positive with my wife. Mm. I would say it's also positive to have a good game on your list instead of a bad game. But um, there you go, Jeff. Hit us with a game. I'm gonna go with the one that absolutely no one's gonna be surprised by. I probably mentioned it in the episode one. I haven't listened back, um, but Patchwork is still absolutely up there. For yeah, that was the games. first one you mentioned. It, it mm. it's just it's a it's a great two player game for especially for people who are new to the hobby, especially for people who are looking for just sort of a light fun game that they can talk over. I've still taught it probably more than any other game uh, mm-hmm. that I've ever taught, and I even stopped working at Spiel Now there's a new version, right? <laughs> there's a new version that if you would rather buy that version, feel free because it's <laughs> the same exact game. Um, it's just a really, really good game. I, don't, I, okay. I have no complaints about Patchwork. And if Jeff no taught it to you and you enjoyed it and now you're into the hobby and you're looking for a step up, there's always Agricola, all creatures big and small. Truth. Uh, All right, so another, a second game, uh, a two-player game that I would recommend. Oh, there's, I got to look at the ones that you guys definitely won't say. Um, We can do more than five. I'm going to go, I'm going to go obscure. I'm going to go old. This one was definitely out before uh, we did our last podcast, and I'm going to say Cribbage. Cribbage. I've never played Cribbage. What is going on? Excellent two-player game. Have you played Cribbage? No. Oh, it's so good. It's a it's a trick taking game. I know. <laughs> it's got a little pegboard. I was just thinking about Cribbage today. I really like that game, and you know, good it's you, oftentimes Cody. played at four player, but it's still a really good game at two player. Oh, uh, okay. Yes. Yes, it's played here at Spielbound quite a bit. Yeah, we have that really cool custom Spielbound yes. Cribbage board on the wall. Yeah. Um, that I really wish I knew the human who made it for us because I would like to say thanks to that human right now yeah. but I don't know but you should look at the cribbage board because I'm Cody's sure going like all pleasing with his selections well that's the th- so when I listened to the first episode I was like I sound like an idiot these recommendations are just games I like <laughs> <laughs> like they don't have anything to, like there was no thought into like what other people need out of games. It was only like, this yeah. is a game I like. I'm okay with that. Uh, so, uh, well, that's coming. I've I've now pleased okay. the, the universe. So, so I'm going to steal it because Jeff didn't say it. I think one of the best two-player games is Pandemic Legacy. Yeah. I agree, I actually. Take it off I, w- I wasn't going to say it, but I agree. Oh, you aren't? Okay. I was. It was but, I, but I agree 100%. I would have said it. I, uh, to be clear, I really enjoyed my group of four when we played. And I think it plays great at four players. If you have 
you you and your significant other and a couple that's great um, but I think it also plays really well at two players and you shouldn't be afraid just to play with your friend or your significant other so this is why i think it's okay that i totally ragged on a game at the beginning of this podcast because i'm pretty sure we're all just gonna love everything that we say now like we've been playing games enough with each other that we're like we can five five there's not gonna be a lot of dissent there might be some i have a dissenting yeah we've talked about pandemic legacy a bunch in this podcast we all yeah either loved it or the people are aware uh jeff what do you got for your second one um, well, I, I was just going to say, I think that the reason Pandemic and Pandemic Legacy is such a great two-player game is because the turns are so long. Um, or they can be long yes. because we were talking mm, about strategy. Yeah. So um, having it only be two players decreases yeah. the amount of time between turns. Um, my next one is, an, I'm, I'm kind of starting with my unsurprising ones, so that way uh, I can maybe throw some wrenches into things later Ooh. on. But my next uh, unsurprising one is Seven Wonders Duel. Um it's yeah. a really great uh, two-player right? game. Yeah. Okay. I own it. You hadn't played it's, it originally. The strategy, I think, is... I think it might be a more strategic game than Seven Wonders. Oh, it um, is. And I really like you, the strategy. You have more agency than in yeah, Seven Wonders. I, I think you, yeah, I think you get more decisions than Seven Wonders Duel. I think the decisions, for me, are more fun to make. I know some people prefer the drafting. I prefer the decisions that are made in Seven Wonders Duel. Um, it's a game that is e- easy enough for new players, but rewards players who really think and deep dive into the strategy. I think it's a good game. Uh, so I'm going to go with an unpopular opinion. Unpopular opinion alert. Are you going to say Seven Wonders? I mean, you've already said net, the regular, net like the two-player variant. Absolutely on my list is original Seven oh Wonders. Oh, my God. Two-player variant, better than Seven Wonders Duel. You are so wrong. That's what I'm going to say. You are so wrong. I am not so wrong. It is good. I know people hate dummy players, but there's so much strategy in the dummy player. Don't think of it as a dummy player. (laughs) Think of it as another resource that you can use, and you can build that resource. Hmm. You can use it to hate draft. You can do twice as many things on half of your turns. Is this an official – is this a variant or is it No, it's an official thing in the rulebook. It's in the rulebook. And the the cards – there are a couple of cards every time you set up Seven (laughs) Wonders where you're like, what are these? And you just set them aside. They're for the two-player variant. Uh Seven Wonders Duel is fine, but it undercuts the whole point of Seven Wonders. Don't like, even call it Seven sure, Wonders. It's not, yeah, it it's not. I agree. Just call it I Duel. I agree. It has yeah. nothing to do with base yeah. game Seven Wonders. So, I agree 100%. So I, I didn't just want to say that to make you mad, but there was definitely a fringe benefit so, of this opinion. You're telling so, me. You're telling me. Here's what you're telling me. <laughs> if I came over to your house and uh-huh. I was like, Cody, let's play a two-player game. And I, you ask, what do I want to play? I say, Cody, you pick. You would pick the Seven Wonders two-player variant before you would pick Seven Wonders Duel. Yeah. If I was if I was not taking your feelings into account, which I never do, <laughs> then yes, I would say Seven Wonders. I would rather play Seven Wonders two-player variant than Seven Wonders Duel. That might be the most wrong thing you've said so, in 54 episodes in of this a, podcast. Not a chance. In addition, so one of the other reasons that I think owning Seven Wonders is better than Seven Wonders Duel is if you play Seven Wonders at the two-player variant, you also own a game that you can play with many, many people. It's such that sure that doesn't that has nothing to do with the goodness yeah. of the game itself. All right, yeah. I'll buy it. Value. So in Seven Wonders two player variant, there's a, a player between you two, and then every other round you get a draft for that player. Yeah. So every other round, in, you play your card, and you also play a card for. Is there two the dummies dummy or player. one dummy? There's one dummy. But one, doesn't that always affect? It doesn't. That's it. Manages the hand, so it's even. Huh. A really easy thing you just figured out that's wrong with that game. Yeah. So it manages it. I don't know why no, you're saying, saying it's broken. I'm saying if I'm to your left uh-huh. and the dummy player is is if the dummy player is is between us, two of the three rounds it's going that way and that doesn't seem balanced. Like Oh, I see what you're saying. Meh. Uh <laughs> so the the I'm happy that you the, you brought up some the, controversy. The beauty of it, though, so the beauty of it is that if there's a if there's a resource that you don't necessarily want the other person to have, but you don't want to waste you don't have to waste your turn also burning that resource. Like you can burn that resource, and 
and take a turn. It or, doesn't waste a whole turn to right. hate draft. Or you could just play Seven Wonders Duel where you can manipulate the pyramid in such a way that they can't get that resource. Also, can we talk about how dumb it is that you have to set up that stupid pyramid at the beginning of okay. Seven it Wonders Duel? It takes 15 seconds. It's the dumbest looking thing. Oh, my All right. God. All right. I can't even <laughs> with you. This, I this, can't. They're both good Part games. Part two is definitely going to be called Seven Wonders Duel. <laughs> uh, so, they're both good games. I would just rather play... Seven Wonders, base game, two-player variant. If we're playing a two-player game, I would rather play Clans of Caledonia. Is that is, your next game? Is, which is my third pick. Clans of Caledonia. I didn't. I I thought about that game, but I didn't. What do you? What about that game makes it good at two? Like why? What's what's special it's about not, it at two? Seven Wonders. It wasn't even designed for two people. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they literally threw it in at the end yeah. in order to make you happy. And they did. Success, Antoine. Sorry, I'm done. I'm right. done talking about this. Back, I back to Clans of Caledonia. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because um, Terra Mystica was originally on my list, and I would play Terra Mystica two players any day of the week. Um, and Clans of Caledonia, you could say, is is indicative of a general opinion I have about two players, which is you shouldn't limit yourself to not playing the good strategy games that are out now. Like, So I had a... When I was putting the list together, what I found I was doing is I was just picking the best games that support two players but i really did want to like angle it to like i wanted there to be a reason that i selected that because right. otherwise i would just pick yes it should be significantly better at two players or or first i've got a couple other games that have different reasons like right. one of my right. things with seven wonders is because now you also own a game that you can use to get other people into the hobby like i mean one huge advantage of playing a strategy game at two players is you can play it quick yes i agree 100 uh, yes. with that and you can choose it's really easy to choose who's playing um <laughs> so, so like for example, I said Pandemic Legacy, and that plays three or four, right? Yeah. Uh, but if you play it two, then you each control two characters, and you're working together. And like Jeff said, the turns are really long in that game. So, or you each control one character. Yeah. And just play it. Out. Yeah, you could, do, yeah. you could do that too. Um, I like just base Pandemic two yeah, people controlling two players, yeah, but that gets yeah. boring, and then you want to play a campaign. Yeah. yeah I, sure. I think I think another thing that's really important here. I was at Dice Tower Con earlier in the summer, and I ran into somebody who was like setting up a game of Great Western Trail and he had a player's wanted sign and I said, are you looking for another player? And he said, yes. Do you already know how to play? And I said, yes. And he like sighed this sigh of relief. He's like, I've been playing games with new players all weekend and I'm happy to do it. Yep. But sometimes you just want to play uh -huh. a quick game with people who already yeah. know how to play. You don't want to have to teach. Right. You don't have to sit through their long turns. And here's the thing. I love teaching games. It's one of my favorite things to do. Like I do it at Spielbound as a volunteer, not because I love Spielbound, which I do, but because I enjoy doing it. But sometimes you want to play Star Wars Rebellion with your friend who already knows how to play Star mm. Wars Rebellion. So you just get into it. I mean, go. you didn't have a great experience yeah. doing that today. True. But, but sometimes that's what you want to do. <laughs> um, so really quick, let me defend clans again as yeah. a two-player game. Um, there are a lot of strategy games, especially that were made a long time ago, that didn't. there was not any considerations for two players or they weren't big. Um, or you would see like the rules were drastically different at two players. Mm -hmm. um, Clans of Caledonia compared to Terra Mystica, which again they have very similar mechanics, and you know, Clans was inspired by or just ripped off Terra Mystica. Um, it reduces the size of the board, and then the game still is pretty. I don't know if balance is the right word, but it works well at two players. <laughs> Jeff, my next one. I, I I think I lean with two player games to be on a little bit of the simpler side for the most part, and I think that's because I introduce yes, a lot do. of people to the hobby with two player games. Um, if I'm playing a heavier strategy game, there's usually more people involved mm. for the most part. So my next one is another fairly simple game uh, that's really good for introducing people to the hobby. I probably mentioned it last time on the podcast, and it's uh, Star Realms. Um, mm -hmm. You did. If you're talking about introducing people to the hobby and you don't really want to have to deal with all the pulling cards out and doing all the decks of Dominion, Star Realms is a really quick, easy deck builder that you literally open the box and it's set up in... 15 seconds yeah. um easy to teach easy to play people pick it up quickly it's a good game i totally agree uh i'm gonna keep going on the deck building theme uh so i so and i think i put this on the last one the episode i'm embarrassed by but i'm going to say dc deck building game is a good two-player game um, i haven't played it yet and so it wasn't just blind hey i like dc deck building game though i do um one of the things that i like about it one one the reason that deck builders work well at two because i, I could have put an, almost any deck builder here because what's the problem with deck builders scott it takes forever to get around to your turn and in two-player game it does not 
in two player depends game. on who you play with well, that's fair <laughs> that's fair uh, but you're going to at minimum cut your wait time in half from any other version of the game so so there there's that aspect of it but the reason i chose dc deck building game it's a great two-player game is because i when i do play two-player games i don't like a particularly mean game if there's only two of you if you end up upsetting the other person then there's no steam valve like there's no third person for you to chat with while the angry person vents <laughs> so i don't like when two-player games get mean and the aggressive cards uh, the attacking cards in dc deck builder definitely do better when they're attacking like they're balanced to attack multiple players and so when you're only attacking one person they're almost never an optimal play because it would be better to just do something good for you than to waste your time doing something kind of bad for the other person so even if the other player decides to be mean to you you're going to beat them so uh there's that so dc deck building game uh there's a ton of good stuff about it it's it's just a great introductory game does it still hold up yeah, I think I mean the my, in my experience the best DC deck building game is the second one. Uh, Heroes Unite is what it's called. It's got Hawkman. Uh, it's the it's the red box. The first game a little too simple. In the second version, they added enough combos that like the game balances out. Every other version of it I've played from then is too complicated. Unless you're in for a stupid complicated thing where you're just going to have a mess. I mean, if I have to play a deck builder, I definitely want it to be at two players. Yeah. Scott, I'm going to go code names duet. Yeah. I was going to say that one at one point. I mean, we it's were all going to get there. It's so, it's fantastic. Yes. The cool thing about code names duet is not only is it amazing at, at, at two, but like, if then your three friends show up who are supposed to come over, then you can play it at five or six or ten or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they made a two-player code names. And it's can you play code names duet as regular code names? Like, can you buy code names duet and it is now code names? You need the car. No, yeah, because you can just you just do a four by five grid. You just need no, because there's no teams. Yeah, I think you need the you need the answer cards from yeah, the base you need game. An answer card. oh, okay. You need the answer cards. Okay. I mean, you can, game. but you there, can, I think there's an app that provides those, yes. right? Yeah. yeah. So there you go. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's the thing I like about Codenames Duet is they took a game that did not support two players and made a really good two player version out of it that kept the essence of the game. Absolutely. Yeah. Unlike a certain number wonders. Yeah. And if, just because it isn't seven wonders doesn't make it a bad game. I agree a hundred percent. They should have named it civilization building duel like sure it's still a great there you go um codenames duet and codenames pictures uh i think are arguably as good or better than the original codenames i agree which is i don't think pictures is better than the original codenames i get frustrated by pictures that's maybe okay though like it's more it's a more accessible version of codenames and it's a more uh interpretive version yeah maybe my next game is Ultimate Werewolf. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> great That's the best game. You're game. a werewolf. So, You're right. I was so like ready to just it's too late for that. Cody, werewolf. Yeah, Cody was like, <laughs> you, you just heard the name and you were I like, turn like, it on. <laughs> Cody thought you were serious for half a second. He's so like, my, yeah. my next one is kind of a cheat. Um, I'm going to lump a couple of different games together and I'm just going to say that super, super deep story games are the best at two players. So I'm talking about games like Sherlock's Home Consulting Detective. I almost put that on. Detective, the modern board game, which the modern crime board game, which is the new one that came out of Gen Con. I would even lump Seven Continent, Seven Seven Continent, Continent into there. Seven, I almost put it on my time list. Time Stories. Yeah. Um, time Stories. Uh, time Stories works pretty well at four, actually. But I, I would say those games tend to work best at two. Because one, you don't, I feel like if you get too many people in a room, some people start to get unengaged in it and then start to pull other people into their lack of engagement with it. Mm. With two people, you can really just, the two of you sit in a room and throw theories back and forth and really think and consider. Um, If you want, you can do it the style where like one person sort of manages the stuff and the other person just kind of sits back and ponders everything. So that was my problem with Seventh Continent, Jeff, is you need someone who's managing the cards. Sure. And I feel like if there, if we just throw the card up on a projector or we could get some, like, I don't know. It just didn't feel 
Maybe Seventh Continent would have been better if it was two players and we were like actively engaged in it. Well, if you weren't engaged in Seventh Continent, like not actively engaging in the game that you're playing is your own fault or the game designer's fault. No, but I'm saying but you might you might have a point that once you start adding players, like yeah, I would agree. And Seventh Continent was meant, I think, originally as a two-player game, and I think they added it up to four in order mm-hmm. to appease people. I, I don't know that for sure, but that's how it feels to me. So I would say super, super deep story-based games that require right, a lot of analytical thinking are best at two players. I agree with you. Uh, last pick. This is my last pick. I will say for my last pick before I make my next last pick, um, I will say The Big Book of Madness. Well, and still haven't played. Go away. <laughs> you pick three deck builders. Is that a deck builder? Yes. Isn't mm, it? Isn't that really. the one where you're the mages apprentices? And it's a hand management, but I don't think you would be. I think it's a little bit of a deck builder. It's huh? technically. It's. I mean, there's not a lot of deck building in it, but I think it's technically yeah. a deck builder. Yeah, you could be right. Uh, picking a lot of deck builders this is, is the one fun you to make you mad. At Prescon, right? Yes. And yeah. the reason I like two player is because it's too hard. The higher player count. It's, it, it's too hard. Um, but at two player. Um, it's manageable. And again, like I've said before, it's such a great theme to me that I never see done well. The whole magician apprentice thing, like the, like it, it's just so often done poorly. That like, Why is it ever done? Because it's so whimsical. I don't know. It's why, an interesting why idea. Why did anybody the buy the Harry Potter books? Whatever that reason is, is why people yeah, keep but making they these games. That's completely different. Like that's like you go to boarding school, like... And so Big Book of Mass is the same thing. Okay. You literally, All like, right. it's, you're in Hogwarts, and then they say, hey, don't open this book. You'll go insane and unleash, uh, or they don't even say that. They just say, don't open this book. So you and however many other players just go open the book okay. and unleash a demon. And then you have to, you don't know anything. Right. You have to try and solve it. Um, but the other reason I like it, uh, Big Book of Madness, is um, there. It, your spells and your abilities are complicated enough, and I feel like Gloomhaven does this, uh, that other people can't quarterback you. Yes. It solves the quarterbacking problem of a co-op game in that there's enough for your brain in front of you that you can't also boss other people around because uh, if you start doing that, you're going to miss your optimal place. And that, to me, is where co-op games should exist unless they're a deep story-driven game. Right. That's a good point. I agree 100%. And... I actually was meant to mention that about Spy Club. The memory aspect of Spy Club requires you to keep focus so much on yours that you can't quarterback other people for the most part. It's good. Scott. My fifth pick will be the first abstract game. Okay, I can check it off my list. Photosynthesis. <laughs> it is unequivocally better at two than Agreed 100%. three. And, you know, it's better at four than it is three, but it's unequivocally best at two. And it's a great abstract game that's visually stunning and fun to play, even if you get your butt kicked. I, I agree 100%. You'll get no disagreement from me. I had it on my list. I think I'm going for lack of surprise this episode. I don't think oh, anything yeah. I've said has been something that... Shall we predict what it's going to be? ...that anyone would be surprised by. Uh, Mansions of Madness. Escape Room in a Box. Both great picks, uh, <laughs> but better than that is Star Wars Rebellion. Um, oh, there it is! It comes back. It, it's a good two-player game. And and Scott and I were talking about it after we played. <laughs> I can't believe this game's on the list. Star Wars Rebellion provides you. It, it, it's a mixed bag, right? And I think in order to truly appreciate Star Wars Rebellion, you do have to play it multiple times. You have to play it from both sides. You have to play it with people who know how to play it. Um. It provides you with some of the most satisfying board game experiences I've ever had. It also provides you with some of the least satisfying board game experiences I've ever had that literally it just petered. Like to the game we played today, uh, Scott didn't know where my base was, but it was only a matter of time before he just, just walked onto it because he only had a certain number of planets left. He walked onto it. I had, I had no one left on the rebel base because I had just moved it. And so he literally says, is it in Toydaria? And I said, yeah, good game. Like that was super anticlimactic. But when Star Wars Rebellion ticks, it ticks. And it can provide you with some really fun moments. I think this provided a really good cross-section of what two-player games can be. And (laughs) when somebody asks me about two-player games, I feel like I'll be able to say, listen to this episode, 
so that you because you know just like everything else no game is for everybody and i feel like we did a pretty decent job without any planning because that's not how we that's I mean, not how we operate here. Can, we, is, right? can we speed rate can we speed round a couple like are there any more that you to wanted to put sure, on but yeah. you're like i'm not sure so can, can i just say something in defense not, not defense is not the right word but i'm surprised star wars rebellion made it on i have i have uh last couple games with jeff were literally an hour and a half because the empire won and it's a weird game where the better experience is when it takes you three hours because you're just like both going back and forth. Yeah, it usually makes the game worse. Yeah, yeah. It's a weird game where the longer you play, the better your experience is. Because if you play a short game of Star Wars Rebellion, one side is dominating. Yeah. Mm. And if it's a three-hour game, both sides are like at the edge of their seat. They don't know if they're going to win and they don't know what's going to happen. And and I was yeah. pretty sure I was going to lose this entire game. Right. And that's, mm. that's why I was surprised you put it on the list is because of that experience. But I'm glad you did. Let's speed round a couple. Sure, uh, you get three. Uh, go, Cody. Speed. Oh, uh, don't take all the ones on our list too. No, I'll just do one, and we'll go around three times. Okay. Heaven and Ale. Uh, Yokohama. Dang it. Targi. Uh, Istanbul. Rogers of the Ganges. Ooh, that's a good one. I think I'd put like Mr. Jack, Mr. Jack Pocket on there. It's a fun Absolutely. deduction game. Oh yeah, not bad at all. Uh, ooh, that's kind of everything on my list. Race for the Galaxy. I haven't played that at two players. Um, oh, it's so much better at two players. I was actually considering putting Altiplano on there. Yeah, that falls under the. It's shorter when you play with two, so it's better. Um, and <laughs> I would say, I would say, Arkham Horror. The card game is good, but I haven't played it a lot, so it's a good speed round pick. Um, I would say Terraforming Mars. It's a good one. Like it just feels great at two players. It just feels yeah. better. Great Western Trail is better at two players. Um, King Domino, especially the way you play with all the tiles variant, is good at mm. two players. You. Uh, and my last one is uh, Unlock. Yeah, I agree that the escape room yeah. games are generally better at two. Uh, I've got a speed run one. Uh, Century Spice Road? Mm, the question, question mark? mark? Century Eastern no. Wonders, definitely. I don't mm. know about Century Spice Road. What about the dice game version of Istanbul? Oh, <laughs> we don't need a question <laughs> better mark. At zero, best at zero. Best players. at zero. All right. <laughs> you can get in touch with us, <laughs> Spielbound, at Spielcast at Spielbound.com. Or correct. Is it? There it is. Spielcast. One day we will all know our email and it yes. will be a glorious I'm Scott day. underscore Odell. You can go ask us a question on our Board Game Geek Guild 3332. You can like this episode. You can share it with all your friends and your mom and dad. Subscribe. Yeah. Follow me at Cody Jorgensen. Uh, I don't have social media, but my BGG name is Jafarion11 and Spielcast at Spielbound.org. Yeah. And play Patrick with your grandma. Just do it. Yeah. Or Patchwork Express. It's the same game. Yeah. And then your grandma will read the rules and be like, you're playing wrong. Yeah. And then just hang out with your grandma instead. And then, yeah. Call your call your grandma. Yes. Thanks, grandma. Thanks, Eclipse. <laughs> <laughs>